I just did something really fun um, a few weeks ago, and it definitely reminded me of the before times mm. when we went to a little event we like to call, well, everyone calls, the McMinimans UFO Festival in McMinnville, Oregon. How lucky are we to live in such a place? Hey, I'm Brian Doak. And I'm Leah Payne. Yeah, we're talking about UFOs again. Yes, we are. This is Weird Religion, the podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. This is a massive week in the UFO circles. <laughs> I mean, just yes. huge. Like, well, like monumental, like possibly one that will be remembered, but... Uh, a week that will live in infamy. Or famey. <laughs> yes, but... So Brian and I one time went to a UFO festival, to the UFO festival together to do a weird religion episode. We had an epic time. We had a, we, we met a UFO celebrity. First, we had to learn who that person was, Bob Lazar. We went to this screening of a film and it was everything you would hope it would be. To say that we met Bob Lazar also is, a, is code for we sat behind him. We sat behind him. him. <laughs> Oh wait! Did I say we met him? Yeah, we, we did not. We didn't. We have found him. out who he was. <laughs> you don't we just. You can't just say that you met Bob Lazar. Oh yeah, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. I just had. I just have to get. We in saw. There I'm sorry. I misspoke. We sat behind him on accident. <laughs> we were near. We were near him. At the time, I had a very small baby, and so we had to. We kind of were late, and we had to kind of sit toward a baby the that, back. A baby that you bring. Yeah, bring yeah. To the I festival. brought a baby, and so uh, UFO Festival is a great place to bring a baby. By the way. Had a great time. There were also <laughs> little babies dressed up as aliens it's, it's, and stuff. It's family friendly. It was fun. It was fun. But um, anyhow, we had a great time. I went back. I've gone back almost every year, and I take my kids to the UFO Festival Parade, mm -hmm. which is just glorious. Yeah. It is like, you know, Keep Portland Weird is the theme of the city, the largest city in Oregon. Yep. And that festival is the most Portland-y thing you could maybe ever see. Agreed. Loved it. Agreed. Loved it. But you went this year, but you went to the highbrow function, if I understand you correctly. I actually this year paid money, as I guess we wow. did when we saw the Bob Lazar documentary. Yeah, the parade's free, I should say. The parade is free. You just go there on the street. <laughs> it's for the it's love. A, it's love a pretty low free. bar thing. Yep, it's great. But if you want to go to the higher bar, you can pay $30 for a ticket to see a wow. UFO experiencer expert. Someone from the so-called MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network group. Mufon, by the way, the same Mufon that's mentioned on the X-Files. Whoa. Yep, that's where they got that from. Oh, my goodness. And they will, they not only take reports of like sightings, like orbs and craft in the sky, but they will also, they also do interviews and listening sessions and almost like a kind of UFO, UFO therapy with experiencers and abductees. Wow. I, I'm so bummed that I didn't pay $30 to go see this. So first Leah was going to come, then she couldn't. Then my wife wanted to come. Then she couldn't come. And I oh, just. Oh, you went by yourself? I went by myself. <laughs> I went by Wait a myself. minute. How was that? Was that sort of like, you know, one time, every time, I, every now and then I eat at a restaurant by myself and I actually like it a lot more than I think I'm oh, going to. I do a lot of things by myself and I have no problem. To, I, I've gone out to eat by myself, go to many movies by myself. I go on little mini vacations by myself. He's a solitary. Uh, yeah. I have no problem with that <laughs> um, kind of thing. But how was um, it? I went to a conference, by the way, in, in, in Germany a few years ago and I stayed on for like seven days by myself. Wow. And I went to like tourist sites in Southern Germany and in um, 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 Salzburg. How was Austria. it? It was great. Got a little lonely toward the end, but I think I dealt with it better than most people. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that would be just terrible for me because I'd always be wanting, I would just drive people crazy, strangers crazy around me because I'd tr be trying to like develop human connections with total strangers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> See, that's, this is where my, this is where my superpower comes in. 
<laughs> You're like, I don't want to do that. There's no, no <laughs> connections with anybody. Um, in okay. fact, the connections I did make, small though they were, the friendliness, I really gravitated toward people who were clearly not native Germans. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. Um, people who, who operated- From other parts of the world. Yeah, people people who had come in as, as immigrants and done restaurants and things. Oh, because I thought, yeah. I didn't feel embarrassed speaking German to them. Oh, right. Because- yeah. They understand. Yeah. yeah. And like, I felt okay asking them questions that you can't ask Germans. Like, where do I go to the bathroom in this country? <laughs> right. Which is not an okay question to ask <laughs> an actual German. Very strange. Yes. Um, fun yes. fact, Germans don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> you you just know. learn all kinds of you things. Come here to learn, you come yeah. here to learn things. <laughs> yep. um, okay. So anyway, you went solo to do you want to the mention? Festival. Do you want to mention the voice? We have the, a background <laughs> character. <laughs> I think if you mention it, it'll 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 free, yes, up, the, free yes. up the vibe a little bit. I I brought a child the first time we talked about UFOs when we and went I, to the festival. Yep, and I'm bringing a child the second time. We're just bringing him back. So if you hear someone in the back, he's they're just playing, just he's playing some video games. Playing. It's part of the ambiance. This it is, is a family show. It's a family show. And this is a family episode. If you're in the car, you can listen. This is a family episode. My, my kid is hearing what you're hearing because we're going to talk about something to terrify the entire family today. <laughs> Um, first of all, okay, so you were going to ask yes. about the speaker. Tell me about the lecture. Tell me about the speaker. I'm going to give you more than you're asking for. Okay. I want to tell you about this speaker. And then I want to tell you about a wild article out just this morning, which is a couple days before we actually released this episode. Whoa. Releasing this on, on June 7th, 2023. Yep. A, a date that will live in famey or <laughs> infamy. Yep. Um, and then I want to tell you about a bombshell interview. And then I want to tell you about a NASA UFO hearing. And then Whoa. I want to tell you about something that's been out on YouTube for a while, but which I just saw, which I think is one of the most like haunting things I've heard recently in my life. Whoa. Okay. So this is a lot. Okay. This is a lot. Warning in advance. <laughs> so we have kind of a mixed, mixed message here with like child cooing noises and then also some like end of the world kind of yep. stuff. Yep. I love it. Is that okay? Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Um, so, uh, yes, the guy's, the speaker's name was Earl Gray Anderson. So friends, you don't have to pay $30. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm just okay. going to help you. Okay. He basically. Earl Gray is great. I love Earl Gray, Earl Gray. T. I already like this person. I will say that he was a charming dude. Okay. Not a good public speaker. Oh, well. But a, but a charming dude. You know how somebody can be charming and you, you don't mind listening to them, but they're yes. not a good speaker. Oh, yes, definitely. That so, is the academy Earl, if you're listening, a that's, not a, that, that's a compliment in a way because yeah. you, you pulled it off without being like a Ted style good speaker. That's right. Okay. So, that's good. Thanks, Earl. No point that out right there. <laughs> um, basically, he's he's one of the MUFON head people okay. for, for talking to and about what are so, what are called experiencers Whoa. in the UFO community. An okay. experiencer is can you guess by the title what an experiencer is someone who has experienced or claims to have experienced an an abduction an abduction or a visitation of some kind or an encounter like he told a story of an experience he he himself was an experiencer at one point in his life it was a story kind of almost like it had parallels to like a pentecostal story of praying to receive the holy spirit okay whereas in the sense that like he kind of had heard stories from his mom about having certain kinds of UFO experiences okay. or knowing people and stuff. And so at, at one point in his life, when he was even married, he was a little older, he kind of like said a kind of secular UFO prayer of sorts. Wow. Like, hey, if this is real, I really want to experience it. This reminds me of the Pentecostal practice of tarrying, where you wait and you are just expectant. Precisely. Okay. Okay. So he did that, didn't expect much, and then had a UFO experience where gray beings came out of a portal in his bedroom, and then his wife sort of was like, wow, that's weird. And then she experienced it too. Whoa. Okay. Um, which which led to one of the quotes I wrote down from the talk, quote, if you poke at the phenomenon, it pokes back. 
Hello. So he poked at the phenomenon and it, to- it poked back. He also talked. Oh, by the way, at one of the one of the um, introductions um, to this whole thing um, was, you know, they got to introduce the speaker, as of course they're going to do. And when they introduced the speaker, this guy came up there. Yes. And the guy came up there and he basically said this very funny thing about the terminology of UFOs versus UAP. I did not okay. realize there was a debate about this. Let me play this little clip okay. for you. I use UFO, not UAP. Wait. No UAP no UAP nonsense. He Wait, says what UFO, is UAP? UAP is unidentified aerial phenomenon, oh. which the community thinks is like a government attempt to oh. rebrand what people have always been seeing. Because it could be a plane. It's like something. the attempt of the official church to quash the folk religion. And oh, its terminology. okay, okay, okay. But the folk use UFO. Right, Just so of you course. know, you don't say UAP. Well, there was quite a little round of, of applause there. Oh yeah, people were into this. So anyway, um... Okay, so he just talked about this, and he talked about various aspects of what is typical for experiencers, like experiencers run in families. Okay. People are left with gifts or a heightened awareness of synchronicities, mm. which is a Jungian term. Mm. I know how much you love Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. Um, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, synchronicities, like, or, or he talked a lot about this thing called the Oz factor mm. or the Oz effect, Okay, which is this sense of somehow, you know how like in The Wizard of Oz when it turns to color? Yes. Like the sense that your world has suddenly changed oh, right. in some kind or that, of way. Like red pill, blue pill. Some red, definitely some red pill, blue pill, all this kind right. of stuff. Okay. Um, he talked about, he reviewed some of his quote, best cases. Some of the most interesting yes. cases with drawings and things like that. Very much, very, very X-Files stuff. Okay. Very X-Files. Spooky Mulder. I love that Spooky Mulder effect. We should have a Weird Religion t-shirt that just says Spooky Mulder. Oh, absolutely. Nobody has a trademark on that. We, we can should. do that. We definitely need to. Um, okay. Our merch our merch page, by the way, on our website is like totally we defined. I don't know what's it. going know. on. I think th- I think it's like broken on Etsy. Yes, yes. I just apologize. That's a, that's a cipher for lots of things going on in, in our lives right now. <laughs> it's true. Um... He, he did mention, I wrote this down. He mentioned four things that experiencers keep hearing. Okay. Now, which made you wonder, are experiencers hearing things from other, from the community and then repeating these right, things? Right, right. That's always or my question. Or is this a consistent message that the others are trying to give to us? Here right. are the four things that, that experiencers continually hear in common from the phenomena or from the others. Phenomena is another word that people use to talk about whatever this thing right. is. Because you don't want to label it. I like it. it. I like it. It's mysterious. Number one. I'm all for it. War is wrong. Well, okay. Number two, dismantle the nukes. Well, number three, stop trashing the earth. Well, yes. And number four, get more spiritual. I'm all for all of these things. He says that's what they say. So it Aww. was it was fascinating to listen. It was fascinating. There was a Q&A at the end. They kind of bungled the Q&A. Like he dismissed the crowd and then halfway through, they're like, oh, wait, I was supposed to do a Q&A. Oh, so sad. he comes back <laughs> up and then, and, and then people are asking, you know, yeah. just, I, I kind of left at that point. It was weird. That was, that's when it got weird to be there by myself. <laughs> because I were- think if I'd had support, I could have stayed through that, but I felt a little strange. I guess it goes to, I guess I experienced a little bit of what people sometimes talk about. And I, I actually have never experienced this before because I'm usually able to joke about it or right, talk about right. it. Right, right. Which is a little bit of like stigma of being around the community. Oh. Just like a little bit of like a feeling of shame or like weird or like I don't want to be observed like hanging out with really? these people oh. a little bit. That's where we differ so, because I start to really revel in the feeling and then I sort of want to be a part of it. Yeah. It's like when I go it's the same feeling that I get when I go to a Renaissance fair, which by the way, yeah, how I often do you absolutely do that? <laughs> love those. Well, yeah. the pandemic, there's one I go to every year in Silverton, but the pandemic ruined sure. that. 
Um, but, but, but I'm back. I'm but back, back this now. year. Okay. Yeah, I'm back this year. Okay. And I there's something about, and probably this is why I love studying American religion. There's something about the the group that knows that it's distinct and they have this special love that mm-hmm. is unintelligible to people on the outside world, mm-hmm. but it's like everything when you're on the inside. Yeah. And so I, I'm, I find that appealing, the UFO community. I find that very appealing. And even though I don't share it, I feel like you actually have the real love of the subject matter. You have a real interest in it. Yeah. And I wish that I did. I don't know how to cultivate that. Well, you know, it's, it's not unlike faith itself uh, in some it's ways. It's a gift, it's, right? It's, it's a, it's it's a, a gift, gift that, you, that you receive. Um, okay. So we popped in at the UFO festival. Yes. I heard a lecture. You went to the parade. I did. Loved it. it. Turns out though, that this is, this is shaping up to be quite a year for the UFO community. Wow. 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 Here are some things that you need to get caught up on. Okay. First of all, out now, there is a new whistleblower report out. Somebody with, apparently unassailable credentials in the U.S. government intelligence community who says, well, what does he say? So first of all, um, let's let's back up a little bit. The current UFO moment started in 2017 with a New York Times article by an author named Leslie Keen. Okay. Who is kind of like a serious author. She gets articles in the New York Times. Right. And it was basically called, what was the article called? It's called Glowing, Glowing Auras and Black Money the Pentagon's mysterious UFO program. Oof, this is what started it. That's such a great... And this was by um, Helene Cooper, Ralph Blumenthal, and Leslie Keen. Mm-hmm. And they talk about in the $600 billion annual Defense Department budgets, the $22 million was spent on a thing called um, ATIP, an Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which was oh almost impossible to find, but they found it. Oh my goodness. This is basically money spent... Researching UFOs, there was somebody who was involved with this or at the head of it in some way. His name was Lou Elizondo, Luis Elizondo. Oh, my goodness. Who basically resigned from this in some kind of protest and became a major hero figure in the UFO community for being like, yep, this thing was real and I was a part of it. (gasps) And so then when the government also confirmed that the so-called gimbal video and some of these that were filmed by the military were authentic, it kind of came along with that. With the government's submission like, yes, these are real videos. These videos were leaked through someone named Jeremy Corbell, who's kind of a hero, but also kind of like seen as a grifter in the community, possibly. Oh, that's the perfect um, kind of... A hero grifter. Hero, La- anti-hero. I mean, this this is what UFO communities have in, in common with the church. I mean, one of the many things is like, you have hero grifter <laughs> it attracts figures. A, a particular kind. It, it attracts a particular kind of entrepreneur, but it's like, they believe it, but it's real, but it's also yes, this other thing yes. too. Yes, it's so, what I often say yeah. about the televangelist type. You know, yeah. people often say, oh, they're just grifters. And I think the really good ones truly believe it when they're saying yeah. it. Maybe they don't believe it the, the second later. I'm not sure. But yeah. you have to have a real, well, there has to be a there there. Well, at least, you know, from the perspective of the tradition that I know, Christianity, I think this is somewhat, this is something people from outside the faith, maybe secular people don't understand about Christianity is like, you can be a sinner and a saint at the same time. <laughs> like at yes. the exact same and time. I say as a student of American religious innovation, the most, you know, the most fringe, not recognizably traditional Christian movements, the ones that have these these charismatic figures often have people who, even if they've done just, well, one, the first episode we ever recorded about um, Wild Wild Country, about the Rajneeshi, um, Rajneesh Purim in Oregon, you have to believe it, I think, for people to really think it's 
it's to really attract people. You can also believe it and do really terrible things is what I'm saying. Right. It doesn't. This reminds me of something from long ago in my studies about the ancient Assyrians. Mm. The Assyrians were, they, they combined religious ideas with military propaganda, with world domination in a truly unparalleled way for their time in history has been repeated many times since right. I'm sure, but for a big empire. Yes. And like one of the things that happened in a lot of, especially the 20th century kind of, you know, critical religion, you know, historian writing about the Assyrians is like, it's all about like propaganda and how they got people to do what they wanted. It was assumed that it was about power, power. And it clearly is, but it's also, there's a tacit, and assumption, also, tacit right. assumption that they didn't really believe it. Right. It's like, why would you assume that they didn't believe it? That's, that's the thing. Right? That's the thing. The really powerful ones actually believe what they're they be- saying. They, 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 I think the Assyrians, yeah. they believed it. And that should be a little scarier, I think. It should make well, us, yeah. yeah. That's what makes it work. It's weird that we get so cynical in our analysis mm. of, of people. Yes. So anyway, Absolutely. we're so, talking about true believer grifter types. So we get there. Okay. So there's always this suspicion, right? But then mm-hmm. when you get people who come out with stuff who are clearly don't have anything to sell, really, mm-hmm. that grifter mm-hmm. thing gets a little harder. That's right. You know? So, okay. You know everything you need to know about our current UAP moment. Okay. okay. Just that. Just that the t- 2017 New York Times article, this figure, Lou Elizondo, other figures, Christopher Mellon worked for the defense department, was a, was a serious Ooh, figure. Fascinating. He okay. also is a, so, so there are figures who are like the grifter types who are on YouTube a lot and so on who are like your version of these televangelists yes yes and Lou Elizondo is kind of like a crossover figure like that although he mostly is appearing on other people's podcasts okay a little too big for us but you know I could <laughs> go to try sometime but anyway the point is um one thing that happened is that Congress has got involved in this Ooh. and in order to get people to talk you have to somehow give some kind of whistleblower exception for people to talk about this otherwise it gets to be a problem and I guess this has occurred and they've opened the doors for people to now start to talk. Oh, wow. And now some weird things are happening. You are ha- How much fun are you having? Like, a just lot. Go, let's just do a fun check. A Scale lot. Scale of one to 10. 20. <laughs> okay. Okay. 25. I'm flying high. <laughs> so out today in, in, in a news outlet called The Debrief, apparently okay. sources say that the New York Times, Washington Post, Politico all passed on this story. Also by Leslie Keen and Ralph Blumenthal, same authors of the 2017 uh, New York Times article. The title is Intelligence Officials Say U.S. Has Retrieved Craft of Non-Human Origin. Here's the individual, the whistleblower. His name is David Charles Grush. Okay. G-R-U-S-C-H. Grutch or Grush. He's 36 years old. He's a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan. He's a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, NGA, and the National Reconnaissance Office. He served as the Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, the UAPTF, from 2019 to 2021. From late 2021 to 2022, he was the NGA's co-lead for UAP analysis and its representative to the task force. Wow. Okay. So credentials, credentials, credentials. So, okay, right away. Now, before I say even what he's saying, now we're in the bind that we've always been in, the bind being... Either this individual, somebody with this kind of these kind of credentials and this experience is either A, lying, mm-hmm. and re- throwing away his entire life, his career. But you can go to jail for lying to Congress. So he's just making this up for no reason. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He doesn't have a TV show. Number two, he himself is being hoodwinked by even higher ups in a in a bewilderingly complex mm-hmm. psyops operation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is certainly possible, but starts to look weirder and weirder when it's somebody who's this sophisticated, mm-hmm. or he's a part of it. Let's say, but it's like, but why? Okay. Or number three, here's what he's saying. Grutch said that there have been recoveries of partial fragments through and up to fully intact vehicles. 
Whoa. And that these discoveries have been made for decades through the present day by the government, its allies, and defense contractors. <gasps> Analysis has determined that the objects retrieved are, quote, of exotic origin, non-human intelligence, whether extraterrestrial or unknown, based on the vehicle morphologies and material science testing and the possession of unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. Whoa. He said, Rutch says, quote, we are not talking about prosaic origins or identities. The material includes intact and partially intact vehicles. What? So just let that sink in for a few seconds. That just happened today. That story just dropped. I And this has been now reported to Congress in secret meetings and as a whistleblower. We've talked in previous episodes about how, you know, this could be people the idea that there is another dimension or another time that this could be human, but it comes to us from another time or another way of being human, which I think is fascinating. But one of the things that I I, I, I feel happy for you, you know, I really do because I know. But isn't this getting you anywhere? Okay, Carl E. <laughs> Nell, a recently retired Army colonel and okay. current aerospace executive who is the Army's liaison for the UAP task force in 2021-2022 okay. and worked with Grush, characterizes Grush as, quote, beyond reproach, unquote. Whoa. I mean. So, I mean, these are these are not people who just like, who just like say stuff like this. You know, right. the grifters, yes. Me, right. yes. You, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't, you just don't. So, like, what are they talking about? If he's not talking about actual, literal materials, what is he talking well, about? Well, I've got a question for you, yeah. which is, why why are we so skeptical of these things, do you think? Because well, I guess I'm sort of like, yeah, that... I felt, sounds right. I, one suggestion I will make, and I've heard this a lot, and I, I watched a recent long interview with Ross Coulthard, who's a major and serious Australian journalist mm -hmm. who has yes, a book called In Plain before. Sight. Right. Um, he's kind of like, he was the host of Aust Australia's version of like 60 Minutes. So mm -hmm. this is not like a, you know, a grifter type. I mean, he's just like a journalist. He's worked with a lot of secret intelligence stuff. He's really good at like sources. Right. He, one of his answers he gave is like, why, why? He just was kind of like, he's flabbergasted. He's like, he's like, I think it's so strange that my colleagues aren't reporting on this more. He's like, we could totally blow the lid off this, but nobody will talk about it. He suggested maybe some of it is just like, there's a feeling of shame that still is around this issue. Oh. That people feel ashamed about it. It's even maybe like I was saying during the Q&A at the Experiencer thing, there's like a little, kind of like how you'd feel, and maybe some listeners have felt this, you know, hands up if you felt this. Uh -huh. Like kind of like if you, you're not a religious person and someone drags you to church and you just kind of feel, feel like- And you feel something? Well, no, oh. I mean, you just feel embarrassed. Like oh, you shouldn't right. be there. Oh, like right. it feels yeah, wrong. Yeah. Like the, you oh, know, okay. I've been in religious environments before where I felt like I don't, I don't want to be seen here. I right. Feel, I feel embarrassed about this or whatever. Right. Okay. So okay. like, it, it's that feeling. However, and maybe someone like you, you're not as keen to that feeling as many people are. Okay. Well, but, you know, I'll tell you why I've been conditioned because I was huge <laughs> into theater. Yeah. All through high school, and if if one thing will make you a little less embarrassed of just embracing the things that you like yeah. for the sake of them. It's being a theater kid because that's not cool in yeah. high school. Well, At least it was not in the 1990s. So, you know, maybe I was sort of insulated from that feeling, but maybe. And you're, you an know, you're an extrovert. And so that's you, you kind of just roll with it. <laughs> that's true. I sort of want to embrace it. This sounds fun. Okay. Another recent thing. I'm just going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to start crushing this in just okay. so everyone feels totally caught up. Um, Gary Nolan Mm -hmm. we've discussed before on the show is a Stanford medical professor. Mm -hmm. He's been drawn in by the U S government to study anomalous and high strangeness cases. Okay. 
he's somebody who's also considered very serious. This is not somebody who's this is somebody who has a lot of money in an independent career and as a Stanford uh-huh. prof, ten, like I think tenured professor, um, Gary with two R's. Okay. He's also been a debunker of some fake UFO stuff in the past. So okay. he clearly has an interest. People have brought materials to him. Okay. He was recently at a conference and uh, the SALT conference, New York City. This is in May of 2023. Mm-hmm. And listen to this clip. Okay. This, this was making the news recently. I'm curious. Do you believe that extraterrestrial intelligence has visited planet Earth? I think you can go a step further. It hasn't just visited. It's been here a long time, and it's still here. Uh, and it has uh, a basically, um, you know, people talk about the wow signal, uh, looking for extraterrestrial intelligence. The wow signal is that people see it on an almost regular basis. That's the communication that's already here. So this is his first answer. And, and that statement seems so incredible that it, it's tough to believe, right? Like people hear that, and maybe a lot of people here hear that, and they don't believe it. And so I'm curious, if you had to assign a probability to that statement that you believe extraterrestrial intelligence has visited, visited this planet, what probability would you assign? 100%. And that's not just my opinion. I mean, look. Um, so he goes on to say, like, basically, like, this is a known thing. Our government has already admitted that this is happening. And it's a, so this is like a Stanford serious medical professor, like a leading cancer researcher says, from a scientific perspective, the odds that some other thing is going on here is 100%. So according to him. If that is... I find that a fascinating statement by someone like that. What do you think... It, now, taking into account the many different types of encounters that people have reported, what do you think the collective... Will there be a collective human posture toward them will it be sort of like there were many different responses to the 2020 pandemic yeah um or will there be you know what 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 will happen if if we get over our if we come to a place where people are collectively yeah, yeah. like yes there's we some, think some bigger event real. which is some bigger event which right, is very clear right. what will be the response what do you think i think it depends a lot on what is revealed you know, if it's just like, here is a craft with no other information, could be a lot. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of jokes. Yes, yes. Well, there, this is like a late night show. There'll be religious speculation about demons and all kinds of certainly, things. Certainly. There'll be, mystical, certainly. there'll be mystical things. Yes. I think one possible reaction, though, is, well, let me quote Lou Elizondo, the aforementioned mm-hmm. past director mm-hmm. or involved person in this ATIP program. He, there's a famous quote from Lou Elizondo that this is also getting everyone up to speed on just the story he had, he was interviewed a couple of years ago and, and someone said like, if we all knew what you knew from your work, like how would, how, how do you, how does this make you feel? Like mm. your exact question to him right. personally, he paused and he just said one word. He said somber, ah. somber. And so in this other podcast I was listening to where somewhat recent um, interviewing Ross Coulthard, the Australian 60 minutes guy, he was asked to reflect on Lou Elizondo's use of that word somber. Like why does he think, Lou Elizondo used that word and what's his own feeling given what people have told him. And this brings up, I guess, one of my answers to that question. How would people feel? It depends what's revealed. Let's listen to Ross Coulthard. Did you see the interview that I had with Lou where he mentioned somber, this word somber? Okay, what do you think okay. he, not meant by the word, but meant by the implications that the world would be somber? I, I wish I could tell you what I 
I'm being told right now, but I don't think it's responsible for me to talk about it until I've been able to verify it more. I should mention that this is a trope in the UFO community that people oh, yes, hate, which yes. is like, I know things, but I can't tell you. I know, it's so, such a cliche. Or uh, be irresponsible. I'm already copying a swipe from different people. Actually, Eric Davis had a go at me the other day because I am. Um, Eric Davis is a UFO uh, person, but a scientist. I love that you know all of the uh, ins and outs of the celebrity politics. The United States it's like a soap opera. There's it a lot is. Going I on love it. Down objects by using the frequencies that they know these objects can be tracked at. And uh, he said I was clueless on that point. And I don't want to get into a ding dong with Eric Davis because I actually like the guy and respect him enormously. Great phrase, a ding dong. Mm -hmm. All I was doing was reporting what I've been told. Okay, and I've been off. told in another area certain things about the phenomenon that are quite disturbing. I mean, there are a lot of people privately claiming to me things about the implications of the phenomenon that that go beyond, far beyond the whole notion of just. I mean, I wish it was as simple as extraterrestrials getting in their little spaceships and flying from Zeta Reticuli and coming to this planet. That's the easy explanation. The, the explanation that I've been exploring in recent months is more complex. So I'm not, I'm not going to even let Ross say Yes. This. I'm going to say it. It's because I want to. It's say fun. It. Like you said, I'm having fun with this. <laughs> say it the explanation the explanation he's been exploring that people on the inside are telling him in which he wishes he could say more but he can't thanks a lot <laughs> is this when did this all really start roswell so all goes back to roswell mm -hmm. always roswell yes. why roswell we're Love always it. going back to i don't know but can't i've watched every version of that show? trending on twitter today roswell roswell oh why does it keep going back there well roswell's the beginning of the cold war Right. It's after the dawn of yep. nuclear weapons. And oh, that's them the trying to get in touch with us. The stuff he's exploring is the idea. And what, what what fascinates me is what kind of material, like what kind of evidence would a government or serious person have for this? Mm -hmm. But that the idea is that maybe these are some future like time traveling versions of ourselves trying somehow subtly to get us to stop with the nuclear stuff. Okay. And watching us. And, and it has been stated. So the, the host of this show, Kurt, he, he, you know how sometimes you're listening to a show and you're like, will you please just ask this question? This is mm -hmm, so obvious. Mm -hmm. The question that was obvious as Ross Coulthart was talking about this nuclear thing, I'm like, why not, if, if you're the future traveling, future us coming back, why not the warning to right, everybody? Right. And the answer was that a, a little cagey from Ross, but that maybe, and this is this is just so ridiculous. This it's laugh worthy and also cringe worthy and also spine tinglingly terrifying. Okay, okay. The answer is that there maybe the future people are worried about ruining the time stream. Oh, this is bringing me back to one of my favorite shows ever, which I bring up all the time, which is Fringe. Fringe. They don't want to ruin the time stream, so they have to try to be somehow subtle about this, so as not to. <laughs> I mean, this is like every sci-fi movie. It is possible, it's so funny and it's and so fun. ridiculous. It does make you wonder whether we're being conditioned by the sci-fi that we ourselves have invented. That is my second, and thought. whether we're now repeating it to ourselves. And this was a Jungian type thing. That certainly, through, certainly. This is Jung's book on UFOs. Is that we're telling ourselves a story through these objects of some kind? What right. is that story that we're telling ourselves? And there's all sorts of things about. I think I heard a story about some tech billionaire who was trying to use 3d printing based on what he saw from star trek where they the replicator the food that they could anyway so yes i i certainly think that has to we have to consider that 
to be responsible, critical thinkers. You know what this makes me think of? You guys are not serious journalists. <laughs> We're not journalists Ca- at all. Thanks, Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake. Um, what this makes me think of is honestly one of my favorite bands and actually probably my favorite band. And every time we talk about UFOs, I want to bring them into the conversation. And it is, can you guess? No. Ah, well, I'm just going to play a little bit of their song that talks about just looking for salvation from from these people. Okay. Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Can I, who are named after UFOs. Named after a UFO phenomenon. Can yeah. I, can I make an incongruous comment to close this here? Yes. I love new music. I tried to like the new Foo Fighters album. I just don't like the Foo Fighters. What? I love their name. Is this going to be a conversation like how we talked about Bon Iver? I don't know. <laughs> This has been a production of Weird Religion. A podcast for people who know religion is weird but love it anyway. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Follow us into the ocean. Allow your heart to blossom. Retreat into the gorgeous and haunted forests of your mind. Find us there.